How's it going, everybody? My name is Austin Kiergaard, and I'm with Dr. Kevin Brunacini and Dr. Joe Klemzeski, and we are the Flexible Dieting Podcast, and today we're going to talk about inflammation. Uh, I don't know about you guys. For for me, I, I've heard the term inflammation throughout my 16 years in this coaching industry, and it just uh, it seemed like that the term had faded for a little while, but I feel like it's kind of back on the return of everyone's talking about inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. And I think that a lot of people maybe don't fully understand what inflammation means, or they maybe just misuse the term, uh, whether it's in the gym or even if I'm buying groceries and running into somebody, it's just someone's always talking about, oh, God, I just feel really inflamed today. You know, I just need to be doing X, Y, and Z. I feel so inflamed. And so I wanted to just, you know, do this discussion, do this podcast, and maybe trying to clear up what inflammation really is, go into a brief background. So, you know, when, and I'm going to ask you guys this, but I'll just kind of run with it real quick. You know, when we're talking about inflammation, at least in like a clinical setting, you know, there's there's more than one type, right? We have like acute inflammation. So something that's maybe sudden, very rapid. We have chronic. That's something that's maybe happening over time. And, you know, to kind of give some examples, right, if someone falls down, they break their leg, you might be, you know, there's, there's going to be some inflammation there, you know, that's something that's just sudden and happened, your body is trying to um, help heal that, that trauma that that maybe is to that leg or whatever. And then you have something like chronic that's again, developing over time. So one of these things, and I know, Joe, you've, you've done a, a lot of uh, in-depth information about this is like, I'm going to just talk about atherosclerosis real quick. Um, you know, something where, due to like, you know, not the best diet choices, we can start to develop plaque into the arteries. And th that's something that can happen over a long period of time. It doesn't just mean like we just wake up after a weekend of binge drinking. And it's like, man, I just, I'm just so inflamed with ath atherosclerosis today. And I just need to go eat some fruit to just, you know, detox myself. So, and we'll get into all of that here in a little bit. But so I kind of wanted to give some quick background on that because again, it just seems like there's so much information. There's so many um, different individuals now that are also claiming that they can, you know, fix all of these inflammatory markers and, and they might be able to help to some extent, but I still think that there's a lot of misinformation out there. So Joe, because you've done some recent information on this, I'm going to throw it to you. How do you discuss inflammation to somebody? Um, let's say more of the, this in this fitness background, let's say. So anyone that's trying to build muscle or lose weight or whatever, how would you explain inflammation to them? So first I generally don't, because I agree with you. It's such an ambiguous misunderstood term. It's kind of weird to me because inflammation can be so many things. So because of what you're describing, it being such a confluence of misinformation and misunderstanding, uh, in the industry at large, I did a five-part series in our Flexible Dieting Institute research review. I wrote, I think, a 15 or 25-page uh, ebook on it that's available through our site. And what I learned, because I, I really, I had to sort some of these things out, like maybe I'm missing something. And what, what I realized as I'm trying to get this information distilled down for lay people to understand it in the most practical way is inflammation is anything that your body just doesn't feel as normal homeostasis. And so if your body has to fight against anything, like you said, you sprain your ankle or break your leg. Uh, if you have COVID, if you get a bee sting, like your body has an acute, and this is the important part, immune system reaction. Because then we can get into the acute immune system reaction, a chronic long-term or autoimmune. So inflammation truly isn't necessarily how you feel 
it's a literal process happening in your body. My my son cut his hand in three different places with, you know, on a broken glass, puncture wounds and so forth. So you have a laceration here, a puncture wound here. It's like the immune system immediately goes there with, with, you know, white blood cell, you know, differentiated processes to fight infection potential, to clean things up, to start the healing process. And that's inflammation. So where the dietary aspect comes in is the fact that we can eat foods that are pro-inflammatory. They actually cause inflammation in all kinds of systems in our body that you may feel. You can also eat anti-inflammatory uh, foods that reduce inflammation or support that process. You can have behavioral parts of your life, how much you sleep, how you train, overtraining or not, that that can be pro or anti-inflammatory. So there's just a lot of things, you know, that that you really need to think about before throwing that term. Yeah. And just, you know, adding to that, you know, we to your point, if we work out incredibly hard, right? And we're sore, that's that's inflammation. You know what I mean? Like there is inflammation right there. You 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 tore down, you broke down some muscle tissue. Now you have some inflammation within that muscle. So, you know, the big thing for people listening is like, what what are you trying to say? You know, like, so oh, I feel like I have I'm inflamed or I'm in an inflammatory state. What are you trying to say? You're like, really? You know, is it something that you read on the internet and you're like, oh, I have a symptom like that? Like, you know, what are you trying to say? So to to Kevin, um, again, how do you um explain to people like let, let's go kind of with what joe was saying like when when they're eating you know foods throughout the day do you kind of give them hey maybe watch out for these foods and these foods maybe not necessarily because it's inflammatory but in a sense maybe along those lines as well like do you kind of explain anything along those lines with your your clients historically not necessarily um when i look at this is I'm speaking generalities and, you know, making assumptions of past clients um, that I could see falling into maybe the bandwagon of, you know, falling into the bandwagon of terminology of anti-inflammatory and just inflammation itself and going in just the whole rabbit hole of BS or I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But um, generally what I've seen is that there's other issues that's, going to be more of a heavy hitter than just the nutrition when it comes to what's probably pro-inflammatory. So their sleep, as you mentioned, Joe, is way off, which frankly is more likely than than anything else, honestly. It's they don't sleep, they're completely stressed out because of work, obligations, family obligations, all obligations. Therefore, they're just chaotic. They're hypervigilant every day, constantly. And what do you expect? You're going to be tired. Not say that it's inflammatory, but it's not helping especially if your nutrition is not necessarily greatest in terms of food quality or cal calorically, it's just over, not to mention if you are overweight, that's already setting you up, priming the system, if you will, to be in that state to begin with. So add all those variables together, then you have potential issues. Um, I, Without repeating anything, especially what Joe said, um, I, it's all contextual, of course. Um, I, I, my point I was going to make, the unfortunately that fortunately you did mention Austin was about you know the the contextual use of inflammation because exercise is just that thus does that mean exercise is terrible of course not it's all contextual based on how we describe them what the definition of its use is so um therefore I'm quite maybe lenient on expressing 
anti-inflammatory terminology or foods to connect with that term, just so I don't get the idea of like good or bad or dichotomous understandings of how food is perceived. Uh, because if they see it as this being pro-inflammatory, then of course, sugar is going to be the scapegoat and therefore bad when it can be the case, but look at everything else, you know, you have to factor that in and just consider moderation and the dose. And of course, that's where it gets into complications because that's different for everyone, but I'll stop there. But that's, I say yes, but more so no, just because it's just depends on the individual itself. No, I, I loved how you kind of ended that because you brought up exactly what I wanted to transition to next um, in regards to the the food, right? Talking about the pro and anti-inflammatory foods, talking about um, also having a sense of balance because we're the flexible dieting podcast, right? We all um, are big fans and enjoy flexible dieting. So really what I think people are saying when they feel inflamed or they're, they're worried about all the inflammation that they have within their diet. I think they're just referring to their diet in general, right? Um, we know saturated fats, those are, you know, there's really very little, there's no benefit, right? If we eat a lot of high saturated fats, we're going to have a lot of links to a lot of different risk factors. Um, sugar, right? If we have a lot of like non-fruit vegetable type of sugars that have low fiber, you know, those can create inflammatory things. So earlier I talked about atherosclerosis, you know, one thing that we, that we know is that's, that's a buildup, right? We, we get plaque within our arteries. We get, um, uh, a lot of fat and cholesterol that can get built up. And as Joe had mentioned, you know, when, when that happens, when we get plaque buildup in our arteries over time, like our, like we have white blood cells that love to go and, and basically kind of impact those. And we develop plaque from those. And so, you know, I think that's kind of, you know, obviously not that far in depth, but I think that's what people are saying. Like they're worried about that and they should be, we should all be worried about that, but we can control that, right? We can control that by making sure we are eating um, more anti-inflammatory foods. But I also think it is okay to have the sense of balance. And this is where I'm going back to the flexible dieting podcast of, you know, of still enjoying foods that maybe aren't that nutrient dense that aren't as quote healthy for us. But as long as we're still checking the boxes, I know we've kind of talked about that in the past. So throwing it back to you, Joe, how do you walk that line with people? Again, we're not telling them about inflammation, but how can we continue to better educate our clients on, we want you to be, you know, uh, eating fruits, vegetables, very nutrient dense foods, but it's okay to have that enjoyment. And if this person is worried about, you know, plaque buildup and things like that, how do you kind of explain that from a flexible dieting standpoint? Well, it, it is a process because they're, most people are coming to us because they want some pretty solid, rapid health change. They want to lose body fat. They want to feel better. Maybe there is a true medical known quantity that they're trying to address. And if we go down this road right away, other than process, because process first is how are we going to get there? Let's Let's start improving your health right now. When we start getting to that educational component, then it's, you know, hey, you know, these foods, high processed sugar foods, trans fats and so forth, they are pro-inflammatory. They make your body release these cytokines, which are toxic to your body, even neurotoxic, creates inflammation in your cerebral vascular arteries. And like, that's how we get disease states. 75% of people die early because of these preventable behavior related health habits. And so every time you eat fruits or vegetables or something that are anti-inflammatory, that's money in the bank for you to be aging less. 
and even the status of our body, fat, adipose tissue, body fat cells as a collective system, that is an organ. And the more body fat you carry, the more of those cytokines and chemokines, which are the things that, that for chronic and autoimmune inflammation type processes, like that's what kills you slowly. And that's why you may die 20 years sooner. It's why you may get cancer when you wouldn't have otherwise because you were healthier or heart disease or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. So it, I mean, true inflammation is aging and it is the foundation of your health. So everything you can do from getting better sleep to, as, as you guys said, you know, less anxiety, even like that's, that's just important. So Yes, have that slice of pizza once in a while. Yes, learn where you have the boundaries for some fun indulgence. But the the cornerstone of your your health habit building has to be anti-inflammatory. Whether you call it that or not, that's what you're after. I'm going to throw the same thing over to you, Kevin, with your clients. You know, how do you kind of explain that balance from, a, you know, from us knowing that we're, we're recommending they're eating very nutrient health, healthful, healthful, healthy, uh, foods, but also allowing them to have those indulgences, but still sticking on the, the, the track of them meeting their goals. And for us, making sure that they're still staying healthy as well. Cause I feel like as coaches, we are trying to get our clients to meet their goal. Like Joe said, maybe it's weight loss, but I can maybe speak for the three of us on this podcast that behind the back of our minds, we also want to make sure that they're still taking care of what's going on inside. We want them to lose weight, but we also want to make sure that they're eating foods that are going to help add longevity to their life. So any suggestions that you give to your clients within those topics, Kevin? I think it goes without saying maintenance, sustainability, whatever you want to call it is always the undertone for, for each of us. But certainly for me, that is always my undertone when I communicate with clients, I don't care how fast you lose the weight, but tell me in five years, show me how in 10 years that you can keep it off in a healthy manner, then good. Then, then I will, I'll clear, I'll say that I was successful with that client. Um, but it, I feel like I need to re, re regress my first answer for a response because what you just said, Joe, with, you know, more or less getting someone started and then building up those scaffold of skills in terms of food quality and improving that over time, that's how I, you know, that's how I tend to approach clients. You know, we need to first make sure we're in the landing zone in terms of the goal process. And then we'll little by little tweak food quality as, as it fits or whatever the context may be. Cause you know, if there are cardiovascular issues genetically or already primary, then I would say, honestly, we're going to focus on to begin with, but nevertheless, for the sake of this, we're going to now shift foods that are going to be heart healthy, if you will, or to reduce any type of additional risk because that's, it is very powerful in that regard. Um, I maybe not, I'm not going to necessarily call it anti-inflammatory just because of the, for me, it's just a trigger term, but nevertheless, it's still doing that in essence. I'm just saying it, oh, we're just reducing saturated fat and being, I guess, more technical in that right. But in a nutshell, it's still doing the same thing of, you know, reducing foods that are not going to be pro-inflammatory so um that's so yeah that's how i go about it it's very similar to gels where just it's a matter of scaffolding um little by little because that process probably never does stop for anyone less it's always going to be an evolving thing things change medically speaking therefore we have to adapt to whatever those rules new rules may be especially nutritionally so um but i think goes without saying when it does come to 
you know, inflammation or whatever term we want to call it, there are, and I noticed with, even with you, Austin, to talk about trans fat, there's still, we're not very dogmatic yet. It was still hard for us to say, oh, we, you know, trans fats are just bad. We need to avoid those at all costs. Yet it's still hard for us to say that because it's just dogmatic, but there are very few nutrition things where we know these are just not good at any level. Trans fats being one, saturated fat being a second to all those, some is okay, but still that's it's best to just avoid or limit as much as possible. Sugar adds to that with the, um, but there's a lot of caveats to that. Um, but you know, otherwise nutrition is pretty, maybe flex, I guess go flexible as, as our podcast implies. So, <laughs> um, you know, understanding the, the boundaries, the rules, the language and adapt and learn from it. Um, I'll just continue going on the diatribe here, but that's how I go about it is, is, uh, teach as I go and continue to improve and refine as they become more skilled. I love it. So we've, we've provided some examples of, uh, inflammation, the differences, uh, some things that you can do the listener to try to, you know, keep yourself in a, in a, in a healthy state. And for more information, for more in-depth stuff, check out Joe's five heart series, check out the ebook on the diet doc store. And, uh, we will see you guys in the next flexible dieting podcast episode. Thank you guys. Thank you.